swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Let us know you're out there. Head on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle and What's the other thing? I said twitch.tv slash control issues pod. I said I said Twitter. You said rate rate and review. Rate and review. Five stars. Five stars. Yeah. I think 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 I'm good. (laughs) Just that muscle memory. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, what just happened here? But yeah, we got it. Yeah, you hit him with a five hit combo and you're like, I only remember throwing one punch. Yeah, man, I want to, when everything goes back to normal, I want to work on my hand speed because I want to be able, if, if things go down, I want to drop like five or six on a dude in the chest before he even knows what happened. <laughs> I was like in uh, like anime, like, well, I hit him like five times and then there'll be a delay and then it'll be like one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> oh, when the hits register? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, that the chest uh, like indent <laughs> that akuma super finisher in like street fighter alphas <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude i mean that's I, I i hate to be that dude but that's where i got the idea because i was watching uh the latest episode of fire force and one of the captains is is training a couple of the squad mates from uh what is it from department eight and he, he was like, basically what happens is he's like, come at me like you want to kill me. So they're coming at him with everything they have. And he is just beating the tar out of him. And at one point, he just hits him with like an eight hit in the chest combo. And it's just, I was like, wait a minute. I got to get my hand speed up. I'm trying to be like this dude one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mercy. How's your week been? Week hasn't been bad, I must say. You know, I got some, I got some big news in the what you've been playing section. Doing things, pretty good work. Got most of my artwork up on the wall, so I'm happy about that. Place is looking a little more homey, a little less unkept. Did some vacuuming, some, some spring cleaning. You know, got my my fridge and my my pantry stocked. Got some new seasonings. Got some crab cakes ready for that air fryer when we're done. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, my week's been good. Watched uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters last night. Uh, what did you think? Thought it was amazing. <laughs> it was great. It's was still hands way. down my favorite one. Okay, I still have a. Uh, I have to watch King Kong versus Godzilla. That um, the streaming ends on April thirtieth, so I, I had to I had to push up, I had to push up the date for Godzilla, King of the Monsters, so I could get this out of the way. So, but yeah, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thought it was better than uh. 
was it Godzilla 2014? You know, I'd have to rewatch uh, Kong was a Skull Island or whatever yeah. um, because I really like that movie. And really? so right now, right now they're neck and neck. Um, so now we'll see how um, we'll see how Godzilla versus King Kong goes. But I've been I'm enjoying. This is like one of the better. I don't know. I wouldn't call it trilogy because there's four movies, but mm-hmm. one of the better series of movies, franchises, or like world been world world building that we've seen outside of you know the Marvel universe. Um, this is this is up there. <laughs> I'm really enjoying these movies. Yeah, I like Skull Island. It did a lot of really cool, really funny things, especially once John C. Riley gets on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good movie. But uh, King of the Monsters, dude, it was just. For me, it was perfectly paced all the way through, and the writing was on point, top to bottom. Zhang Ji has the best one-liners of all time. You're murdering the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bitch. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of eco-friendly dialogue in that movie. And then my man, who plays the villain, like he was the most rational and pragmatic villain who was ready like ready at every turn, just he called everything like it was. He had his plan, he executed, and he just kept getting on your girl. Like, uh, you're going to let a child tell you what to do? <laughs> Man, that, yeah, they, I uh, love that movie so much. And just the fights alone are amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. And like, you know what it was too? It's like, Marissa and I were commenting, like Godzilla kind of got bitched the entire movie until the mm-hmm. end. <laughs> So that was like maybe that was like a part of it. Like it was like Kong was like handling business, like the for the most part in that movie. Yeah. Whereas like Godzilla, like pretty much he lost the first fight. Second fight, he 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 starts handling business, but you know the the humans had to step in, yeah, <laughs> take his ass out. So he he that fight it was basically a, a DQ by the audience, and then um what's it called? And then the final fight he. Still kind of like gets his ass up, but then mm-hmm. once he becomes nuclear Godzilla, it's yeah. just a whole, a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely on his heels the whole time and basically got defeated. Yeah, which if anything just shows like the uh, the superiority of King Ghidorah. <laughs> just, yeah. hey, just fucking handling business. But I, but- I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I like Mothra. Um, a lot of the creatures are great. Like, as I said, I'm just, it's, if, for me, like if you're debating, it's like one A versus one B or whatever. Like I really enjoyed King Kong, really enjoyed Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and now I'm really hoping to enjoy uh, Kong versus Godzilla or whatever. Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, King. I mean, uh, Godzilla definitely, definitely got helped out by Sarazawa with that with that one up, <laughs> showing up with the nuke. Now Mothra showed up, tried to help him out. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody was trying to help him out. <laughs> Mother sacrificed herself. Yeah. <laughs> get him up off his ass. Yeah. Uh, get her up, picking him up, sucking the life out of him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I said, I'm I'm really enjoying this franchise of movies. Ho- hopefully they'll they'll keep it going in some type of way. This won't be the oh, end. They, they most definitely will. I mean, once you see Godzilla versus King Kong and see what they do with that, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I like I'm I'm enjoying where they're taking this. Like even just the whole explanation of like uh the Titans and how they've always been around and uh there's there's some weird like 
weird movie stuff going on where the like the radiation of the monsters is like what helps the planet it's like the radiation ain't fucking up the humans as well <laughs> like yeah it's, like uh, it's it's kind of funny like how that's all like there but i'm you know it's, it's a movie don't think mm-hmm. too much about it just enjoy the action for what it is I, I will say i enjoyed this one a lot more than godzilla 2014 in that i felt the pacing was a lot better and mm-hmm. i felt like if anything i think kong kind of set the tone because Kong was very action-packed. And if you watch Godzilla 2014, it's a lot of humans. And then Godzilla kind of shows up at the end for like the big fight. And that's about it. Yeah. Whereas this one, you saw a lot of Godzilla, which was good. So He was everywhere. Yeah, like it's uh, you can't have a movie titled Godzilla and then Godzilla just shows up basically at the end for the big fight like it's it's kind of a you know it's it's kind of a letdown but i still enjoy godzilla 2014 so yeah um awesome franchise but let's get into what have you been playing so a dub what have you been playing well you guys already know a dub been sitting on a series x for about a week or two now just playing the hell out of sunset overdrive and uh forza horizon 4 mostly so you can check that out on twitch.tv slash control issues pod you know just i i got the car that i wanted when i got forza which is the lamborghini huracan i'm an all-wheel drive kind of man that thing just corners like a beast and launched like nobody's business so i'm just eating up the competition in the corners maintaining my dominance, enjoying myself. I noticed, I'm starting to notice little details that are helping me to get the most out of the game's content. Like for instance, on the map, any roads that you haven't driven on are grayed out and the game keeps track of how many roads you've driven on. So I've been spending a lot of time going to the grayed out roads and driving on those to fill them in. That's helping me to find things like new barn finds and also looking for new houses I can buy. There's like a $15 million castle in the middle of, in the middle of a Arthur's seat <laughs> that I can buy. So I only have 3 million credits right now. So that's going to be a long time before I have what it takes to afford that. Uh, the barn finds are really fun, especially now that I have a, a more, a more refined system for exploring the area that I need to cover in order to find the barn that contains the barn find. So basically what the barn finds are is, you know how you've watched these car shows on like discovery and the learning channel and all that stuff where they'll go out to the middle of nowhere. And some guy he's, you know, he's just chill. He's like, Hey, you know, I got had this car since I was a kid, tried to fix it up and was never able to do it. And they, they open this, broken down, rusted out barn. And there's just this beautiful classic car sitting there, just like the bones of a car. You know, they buy it, they take it, they fix it up and turn it back into its original glory. So that's kind of the experience that Forza Horizon 4 intends to replicate, except what you do is um, they give you a general area in a circle and you have to explore that area in your car in order to find the barn then there's a cut scene giving you some information about the thing that you found. The guy takes it out. He's like, yeah, I'll give you a call when it's done. And then you just go to your house, go in your garage, click on it. And there it is restored to perfect condition. I've found a good majority of them now. So I'm just trying to round out the rest of them. I think they're, and it's also interesting because you can, they're, they're allocated by seasons. So 
there are certain barn finds that only pop up in autumn, others that pop up in winter, others that pop up in spring, you get the picture. So I'm just trying to round out the remainder of the seasons in that respect. Uh, it's currently autumn in my game. So it's, there's a little moisture on the road and it rains sometimes, which are conditions that I'm not really used to driving in. That's a learning experience that I have to get acclimated to really quickly because I'm, I'm sliding more and it's causing me to slide off of the tracks and I'm losing races that way. So lots of restarts, lots of last second, like, oh, there's a straightaway. Oh, this this last turn. No, slid off a bridge. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And digging further into the content, continuing to level up. I'm level like 54 right now. Um, getting better cars. I'm experimenting with different things because I drive my Lamborghini all the time, but I need to play with the other cars and be more well-rounded of a driver instead of just having the one individual. Something else I've done is I've stopped purchasing vehicles for the time being, and I'm focusing on trying to play events where I could, where vehicles are the prize or just relying on my wheel spins to possibly win cars at random that way. And yeah, man, overall, I'm just having a great time with Forza. It's just nice to be able to pick up a game cycle through my cars, pick something different, pick something unique, change the paint, change the rims, maybe change the tires, get some better grip, tune it up a bit, get in some races, challenge a car on the street, do that, hop in my, my V-dub, dune buggy, go off-roading, still got to race the jet, still got to race a train, still got to race a hovercraft again, do, do the Top Gear stuff. There's still Lego things for me to do. Still need to get in the Fortune Island DLC. Still need to get in the Super 7. I mean, there's a lot of content here. So I'm just pleased that I can continue to get more and more out of this game. And while I haven't been playing it yet, A-Dub has finally managed to purchase a PS5. It arrives on Monday. So by the time you listen to this episode, I will be knee deep in some Control Ultimate Edition, in some Borderlands 3, Damn. in some Diablo 3. Damn. Just, just with better performance, the way that it was intended to be played. So I'm very excited about that. And now with the PS5 on deck, it's time to start thinking about a new TV stand and a new TV because I want to round out my next-gen experience with the proper display to get the most out of both of these consoles. So I'm extremely excited about that. I'm going to be very attentive to who's going in and out of the gate tomorrow. Hopefully they, they bring it up to my door and get me to sign for it. Might have to, might have to take a few minutes off work, set that up, and just get it ready for me. For when work is over so i could just sit down pick up that dual sense and go to work uh, i won't be completely abandoning the series x it'll just be relegated to its intended role which is to satisfy my driving itch and uh, allow me to play games that are only available in the xbox ecosystem while i enjoy the playstation you know i'm, I'm still gonna more than likely get the mass effect legendary edition on xbox just to come full circle with that franchise and that console because that's where that's where my only Mass Effect experience is. And I think it's only right that that's where my Mass Effect trilogy experience ends. I already have Andromeda on PS4. So 
that's another game that I'm going to spin up on the PS5 just to see if there's any kind of performance gain or visual or visual gain. So yeah, overly excited. You know, things are really coming together for me. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, two games this week. I uh, took a break from Super Mario 3D World. Focus on mainly one game. Uh, played a little bit of Fire Emblem. Um, don't have much to say there, but Pac-Man 99, that was pretty much the entire week. Um, as mentioned last week, Nintendo just like basically shadow dropped Pac-Man 99 on us. It was like, here you go. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, and yeah, uh, played that game the first week. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I told you, I, I believe I got like second three times, but I hadn't gotten a, a, a first place victory. Well, a week later, I now have two first place victories. Marissa now has three. She got two in one day, um, like recently, and then got like one, I think, yesterday. So, like, we both now we're 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 almost at that grizzled veteran status of of Pac Man ninety nine, but um, it's still hard work. Like, I've gotten two victories out of like dozens if not hundreds of matches same with marissa she's gotten three out of dozens if not hundreds of matches so it's still no guarantee the strategy that we came up with um in the like that that basically led to the the first victory so i was basically playing and you get to like the the final rounds where it's like the top 10 people left in the match and the ghosts are just so fast um <laughs> so it's, it's just you can't really outrun them and so i basically just came up with the strategy of rather just basically trying to control the board and constantly move around. I would basically just make my way towards the super pellet and just camp. And then right when the ghost caught up to me, eat that super pellet, eat the ghosts, and then run to the next super pellet and kind of do that. Um, do that. As long as the issue is once you get to the later rounds, uh, red Pac-Man start just spawning on the screen. Randomly. Yeah, yeah. And if they get you, they they basically can kill you the same as a ghost would. So it's basically adding ghosts on the screen. And the tough part about the red Pac-Man is when you eat a super pellet, they don't go away or um, you can't eat them. They just freeze in their place. So you can get a super pellet and try to get around uh, the red Pac-Man. But every now and then what will happen is I'll eat a super pellet, but there'll be enough red Pac-Man where they'll just cut off all my uh, my escape points. And so I'm basically just trapped in in an area. So you kind of have to keep that in mind with the Red Pac-Man. But uh, the strategy has worked for me, uh, I guess, two times now, Marissa, three times now. Just wait by the Red, the, um, by the Super Pellet. Let the ghosts come to you because you can't outrun them. Eat those ghosts right away and start making your way across the board to the other Super Pellet before the ghosts uh, regenerate and come back. Um, so yeah, that game is absolutely amazing. Still haven't really tried any of the boosts. Um, as far as like playing with uh, the speed boost or the what is it the um, the stronger boost that uh, lets you basically eat more ghosts and produce more ghosts, but the the downside is you have less of a stronger period or super period from the super pellet. So I haven't really tried any of those strategies, but just playing standard, um, finding some success, and Pac-Man ninety nine is continuing to kill it. But a dub. Let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. I have one story, A-Dub. So do you want to lead off this week? I will lead off this yeah. week. I'm, I'm going to start with some little things we're going to build up. So first and foremost, I'm going to hit you off with some Sucker Punch news. Uh, it's looking like Sucker Punch is 
developing a spectacular multiplayer game. Uh, this news coming by way of IGN. They found a job listing for Sucker Punch where they're looking for somebody to join their team. Uh, the developer is seeking a multiplayer network programmer and our talented multiplayer team designers create awesome game team experiences and you'll be pivotal in bringing that creative creativity to life in a spectacular multiplayer game. So little more can be inferred from the role's description and requirements. No mention is made of what form of multiplayer game is being worked on. So we cannot ascertain at this stage the project is player versus environment, co-op, or PvP. But what we do know is that Sucker Punch's next game will more than likely be a multiplayer game. AMC, you play Ghost of Tsushima Legends, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in light of that experience, how do you feel actually, about no, Sucker no, Punch? No, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> 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 no, I definitely did not play it. Uh, but oh, okay. yeah, but what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask, like, well, I was going to ask in light of that experience, how do you feel? But just now, in light of this information, how do you feel about them making a multiplayer game next? I mean, for the longest time, as long as I've known them, they've only made single player games. Uh, the only online I recall them doing before they made Ghost of Tsushima Legends was the player generated content for Infamous 2 which you have to go in and make a mission to get a trophy in that game, which I did to get the platinum. I didn't even make a trophy. I think I just like, I, I played somebody else's level and I got the trophy or something of that nature. Or I started the tutorial to make a thing and then I canceled out of it and it was like, ah, whatever, here's the trophy. <laughs> I've done that but, times <laughs> just to get like a quick trophy. Yeah. Like half-ass that shit. <laughs> yeah. I heard nothing but good things about Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Uh, Want to play it myself? It, I'm probably gonna spin up Ghost of Tsushima when when I get the PS5 to enjoy that 60 frames per second and to get back into the game to go after that platinum. Uh, yeah, how do you feel? Oh, that's interesting. The only thing I can think really, since I don't really have any experience with uh, multiplayer games that Sucker Punch has worked on, um, the thing, the takeaway for me is. Uh, it's interesting seeing, I guess, Sony first parties work on um, multi uh, multiplayer games, being that we know that Naughty Dog is working on a Last of Us uh, multiplayer game, multiplayer experience game, whatever. And um, knowing that Sucker Punch is working on another multiplayer game, um, it'll be interesting to see how those games turn out. Who knows what they could possibly be? Um, but yeah, as you said, Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer experience um, is like turned out to be pretty well. So as long as it's a good game, I think that's all that really matters to me. Do, does that affect you at all? I know that you're a big single player, um, like you love single player games. Um, does that affect your thought about, I guess, possible Sony exclusives being multiplayer games? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to pan out insofar as what the PlayStation Studios brand as a whole is going to be bringing to market. It's, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, they did Sly Cooper for a while. I think there were like four Sly Coopers. Then they did Infamous, which was radically different from Sly Cooper and easily one of my favorite franchises of all time. Uh, after about three and a half inf Infamy, if you count First Light, which a girl fetch. Then they radically shift things again to Ghost of Tsushima. 
and they put out a multiplayer component to that. So only thing I really expect is that whatever they're going to be bringing is more than likely going to be radically different from everything that they've already done. So that's a plus. Um, my only, my only desire or hope for what they're making is that it can be played solo. As long as it can be played by yourself, then that's all good. I mean, Outriders is a multiplayer game. However, people remark of how well made it is in that you can play it solo. I'm seeing good things about the crafting system in there and the flexibility that allows you to get more abilities. But, you know, that's that's a whole other discussion. So it's entirely possible for them to do this multiplayer route, do it right, and still accommodate those of us who have no interest in playing video games with other people outside of maybe couch co-op or like the occasional online game with the homie AMC, like Overwatch or something of that nature. So whatever it is, I'm looking forward to it. Sucker Punch hasn't given me any reason to doubt or question their judgment. So I just want to see what they're up to next. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, of the week. week. Topic of the week. Where'd it go? A little quick hit. Looks like Konami's back to making video games. Uh, this news is coming by way of the Nintendo Indie Showcase, which we watched during the, the pre-show. We saw a reveal of a 2D roguelike with a beautiful art style. It looks to emulate, I don't know what specific Asian country, but you know, it's got dragons and demons and you're playing as a swordsman. It's very action oriented, hack and slash kind of gameplay. Again, I mentioned that it's roguelite. So you can look for some form of persistent progress between your numerous runs as you die multiple times. Uh, this is a reboot of the classic NES game and it goes by the name of Getsu Fumadin. Undying Moon. This enters early access on PC on May 13, 2021, and it's coming to the Switch. AMC, you saw the game. Uh, do you remember anything about it when you saw it in order to be able to remark of it? Uh, I remember actually just seeing that at the end of the uh, <laughs> the the end of the um, trailer for the game, seeing that Konami there, and I was like, "What Konami? Interesting." Um, yeah, the game didn't look bad. Um, it didn't look like, you know, a cheap cash grab the way um, mm -hmm. people would assume Konami operates these days. <laughs> yeah, it didn't uh, look like Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it looked like a quality game. So who knows? Maybe they're just looking at publishing more games and just finding developers to work with them. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's good to see them back in some form. They have a ton of um. IP that people would love to see, um, in, especially in the current gen with like Castlevania and um, what else they got? <laughs> I was gonna say Commando. Um, Metal Gear, <laughs> Metal Silent Gear. Hill. Yeah, they have so many, there's so many um, franchises that they could reboot or in, um, for the current generation that I think that it's nice to see them coming back in some form, even if it's, um, you know, not necessarily the IP that is most resonates with the current audience of gamers um yeah. but so hopefully this is their first step in one of many to get back into the uh good graces of gamers yeah i mean they're taking a strong step looks like a good game hoping that we see good things from it so personally uh, you know if it appears on a platform 
that I have, then I might give it a shot one day. But, you know, hey, Konami, welcome back. Wish you the best. So let's move to our next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of, the of the week. A little short one, just a little update from your good folks at Ubisoft. Ubi Forward E3 2021 conference has been announced. It's the summer digital conference for Ubisoft to show off their upcoming games. It usually happens around E3. This digital conference is taking place on Saturday, June 12th. It's going to start at 12 p.m. Pacific time. No other details are available. So, you know, we still got to see what's going on with Watch Dogs Legion. We still have to see what's going on with Far Cry 6. I saw I saw some mention of Pickle Rick in Rainbow Six Siege. So <laughs> I don't know how that's going to play out. But if, if it's fun, I would definitely watch videos. It's not going to get me into Rainbow Six Siege, but it will definitely get me into watching people play it. AMC, is there anything that you would want or expect from Ubisoft in this upcoming show? Um, if not a division two update, as they said, there's more content coming mm-hmm. than possibility of, uh, division three, at least, uh, early announcement. Like I don't need another division this soon, but division two was really good. Um, and so I would, good. I would love to see what division would look like on a PS five or a series X. So that, that's my, that would be my big one as of right now. I know people are, um, people have been what is it every year like we're, we're splinter cell it's coming mm-hmm. <laughs> or a sam fisher <laughs> they, they who is it? walmart confirmed that splinter cell is being made um so yeah it's, yeah it's uh i'm sure that's the big one that everybody will, will talk about but yeah division i think is the big one. Oh, actually the, you know what the one i would, i, I want to hear about what's going on with that star wars game <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so i think that's the big one if we just even some type of announcement because it, they i mean the deal is the deal up yet with ea i just know that they said they weren't going to renew it so there's some time i guess maybe before they can actually drop a game it, it's still probably in early development but any type of announcement of like which route they're going with this who you'll be playing as are you going to be a Mondo? What's what's up there? Oh my um, god! If they make a Mandalorian game, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Yeah, so I think that that would be the big announcement, as far as I'm concerned, actually. I, and they could do it at, at this stage, cinematic trailer, or they could just hit us with a title card. Yeah. But just don't Metroid Prime for us and just hit us with the title card, and the game never shows up again. Yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. Don't give us a date. <laughs> what's that? What's that other game? Uh, was it a Beyond Good and Evil? Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the big one where people are like, you showed us the game and we have not heard anything in years now. <laughs> so much of the game, too. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned it, and I completely forgot that I'm definitely going to spin that up on PS5, but Division 2, I got to see that running with its improved performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Just that, that smooth gunplay strafing with that machine gun knocking that armor off the off the armor guys off the off the bombs the grenade launcher guys the flamethrower guys yeah that yeah that game is great um so yeah i can't wait to see there there are a couple announcements because i'm I'm not really big on you know watchdogs and uh far cry but anything that uh i guess massive is working on is something that i care about now 
I'm somewhat big on Far Cry, so I will be paying close attention to what's going on with Far Cry 6. I just want to see how it handles mechanically and how it looks visually because, like, I enjoyed Far Cry 5. It still had some remnants of, like, PS3-era jank to it. I feel it could have been polished up a little bit more. It could have been tightened up to a certain degree. There were just little hiccups and burps here and there that were like they could have took more time and ironed this out so hopefully with far cry 6 there's a little more attention to detail and polish going into that i look forward to seeing what that's going to be about also want to see how involved giancarlo esposito is going to be <laughs> is he going to be is he going to be my my real life kefka or what because i need that that villainy yeah, you know he's gonna bring that that grade A acting material <laughs> to the to the video game space. I can't wait. Yeah, like if you have him, don't waste him. Make yeah. him somewhat persistent. He needs to be on your ass most of the time. Yeah, don't. Uh, was it uh, Kiefer Sutherland? Us <laughs> just give, <laughs> give us a bunch of like voiceovers, <laughs> and that's about a, a bunch of voiceovers on tapes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, all right, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. So I hit you with a, a slightly bigger one before we move on to AMC's major story. Uh, we got an update because the PS5 has received its first major patch. This one is improving its HDR support as well as its 120 hertz support for displays. So for those of you using 120 hertz PC monitors, the PS5 now supports 1080p resolution at that high refresh rate. Unfortunately, the update does not add any variable refresh rate support. This addition helps to broaden the amount of displays that can make the most of the system's refresh rate power. And there were problems people were having with the PS5 and it's HDR support, so this update aims to fix that as well. I also recall an aspect of the update that now allows you to be able to move your PS5 games from the internal storage to an external hard drive when you know you don't want to play them, and then you can copy them back when you do want to play them. So you know, if you haven't gotten that update already, go ahead and get that and enjoy these new features and fixes. AMC, how do you feel about this step in the right direction for Sony and their, their new console? Um, I don't know what any of those things are that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the game looks good, that's all that matters to me. But I'm sure there are people who are counting their HDR supports and in their frames and whatever it's uh i'm sure they're happy to hear all the, all this news but as far as i know i'm gonna plug that thing in and it's gonna look better than my ps4 and that's all i'm gonna really care about man i can't wait to get a television with hdr and 4k and just the refresh rate it 60 hertz would be fine i don't need 120 if i can get that 120 i'll get the 120 <laughs> gotta get that hdmi 2.1 port in the back <laughs> Oh, man. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the, of the week. week. Oh, yes, A-Dub. We got March NP date, 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 date. Um, this is by way of VentureBeat with an assist from GamesIndustry.biz, but really it's all coming from the NPD group. So this is coming you, by way of your boy Matt Piscatella. Yes, he is a, <laughs> he is he is a, a god amongst men. Um, yeah, so let's start out with the uh, the numbers of, of sales. 
U.S. spending on games was up 18% year over year to 5.6 billion. Hardware saw the greatest growth with sales up 47% to 680 million for the month. Um, Let's see. March 2021, NPD, the top 20 best-selling games of the month in the U.S. A-Dub, number one. So last month, it was Super Mario 3D World. Unfortunately for this month, it is not number one again. Number one is an oldie but a goodie. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Nobody wants this game, and yet people keep buying it. Yeah, everybody got it. <laughs> 250 gigs on disc. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Monster Hunter Rise. We got a new one, a dub debut in here. Damn. Yes. Uh, oh, this is a debut on the charts, huh? Debut on the charts by way of Capcom, uh, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch debuting at number one so we're still seeing the success of the monster hunter franchise yeah it's i mean it's awesome i've seen images like the monsters and the gameplay look outstanding it looks like a another step forward for the franchise monster hunter world was a watershed moment for it it took it to a whole new elevated level i believe it was capcom's most successful game at the time so very much like to see them building upon that legacy and also bringing a Monster Hunter experience to the Nintendo audience. And yeah, man, if no matter what platform you have, now you got yourself some Monster Hunter. Yes, sir. Number three, we got another new one, a dub. That being Outriders. Selling, selling. I thought people, you know. Okay, uh, number four. People had lots of things to say about Outriders. (laughs) Lots of things to say. Like, even in the articles where they're saying good things about Outriders, they start by saying bad things. Like, yeah, the story, sometimes it's in the pocket. Sometimes it gets a little out of control. Uh, There's jank. there's, There's bugs and issues. But I just keep coming back. I keep playing. Like, it's basically... It's basically destiny, but people like it. (laughs) And uh, there was an article I was reading which says that Outriders has like one of the better crafting systems in a loot-driven game because they allow you to take legendary weapons and items, break them down, and take their legendary modifiers for you to be able to put on everything. So imagine if you had Kanai's Cube from Diablo 3, but instead of it allowing you to equip a limited number of legendary abilities, it instead lets you take those legendary abilities and put them on other pieces of equipment. Stack them. Stack, 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 stack. stack. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, uh, the writer of the article was remarking of how they're playing Outriders and, you know, as you advance the world tiers, the game gets more difficult. You can bump down the world tier, grind a little bit, bump it back up once you get some power. But then they said that they began to lean into the crafting system, discovered what you could do with the legendaries. And suddenly they were making builds that were just shredding everything. So it's it's a beautiful example of what happens when you get the most out of a game instead of just settling for what you want to do. And it's also an excellent example of, you know, the seeing the gym within the coal and just, you know, scrape it off, polish it up, cut it a little bit and just look for the good stuff. Focus on that and you'll find an experience that you might enjoy. But continue along, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Number four. uh, This was number one last month. Super Mario 3D World with an Mm. asterisk. Mm. 
Number five, still selling a dub. I believe you have a note that you can, if you want to drop it on us now, but number five on the list, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, yes. And this has quite the note that accompanies it because Miles Morales has officially outsold not only Ghost of Tsushima, but The Last of Us 2 as well. Damn. You know, this may come as a surprise because it's Miles Morales and it's not the traditional Peter Parker experience, but at the same token, it's still Spider-Man. It was heavily marketed for the launch of the PlayStation 5. It was bundled with a large number of consoles that remain sold out to this day. And it's a damn good game on its own from all accounts I've heard. I've watched these single playing around with it and it just, it looks and moves like spider-man on ps4 but if you just watch it like it looks normal for a second then he'll just do something that's like whoa okay that's different and then you, it gets back to normal and then he'll just do something like whoa wait a minute <laughs> like there's a lot of little extra touches love and individual character that went into the miles morales experience so that's something that i'm looking forward to eventually enjoying on the playstation 5 as well continue on sir yeah people tried to like act like miles morales was what dlc for spider-man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not paying 70 dollars for an expansion yeah <laughs> but yeah here we are and by the way miles morales what came out like months after ghost of Tsushima and last of us yeah yeah and and still outsold those games so yeah don't don't hate on my boy miles yeah especially since it's still spider-man that's a worldwide huge property it's going to have eyes on it there's going to be interest so as long as the quality is there and the experience is where it needs to be the sales will follow good yeah, job yeah. insomnia and once again what's cool about this is that it's not Peter Parker. It's yeah, Miles. So that sold well, which gives hope then for a possible, you know, Spider Verse style game with maybe like Spider Gwen or Spider Noir, Spider Pig, Spider Ham, <laughs> <laughs> Penny Parker. Yeah, Penny Parker. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. need a Spider Gwen game. I will not be happy. I will not rest. I I refuse to perish in this mortal coil until <laughs> I experience a Spider Gwen game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this gives hope for more Spider-Man spinoff style games, and not just hey, you got to have Peter Parker or a game, or the game won't sell. Let's see, number six. Hey, gotta do Spider Verse. Oh yeah, That's such you a know huge it's coming. You know it's coming. They got to build up to it. Uh, let's see, six Mario Kart eight. Damn, still mm. selling. Number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Eight, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Nine, I believe this is the last month. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and 10, Minecraft, and let's just bang out the last of the 2011, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Smash Brothers Ultimate, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about damn time, mm -hmm. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 17, Madden NFL 21, 18, NBA 2K 21, 19, Super Mario Party, and 20, FIFA 21. Let's see, we got a note from Monster Hunter Rise. With just one month on the market, lifetime dollar sales of Monster Hunter Rise ranked second among all Monster Hunter franchise releases, trailing only Monster Hunter World. Um, let's see. Top 10 best-selling games of 2021 so far. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Super Mario 3D World. Three, 
Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Four, Monster Hunter Rise. Damn. Uh, five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Six, Mario Kart 8. Seven, Minecraft. Madden NFL 21. Animal Crossing New Horizons. And 10, rounding out the list, Outriders cracked the top 10 of the year. Let's see. So for March 2021, MPD, the top 10 best selling game or top five best selling games for Nintendo. One, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Two, Super Mario 3D World. Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. For PlayStation, top five best-selling games on the platform. One, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Marvel's, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Outriders, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and number five, Madden NFL 21. And for Xbox, platform top five selling games on Xbox platforms, number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Outriders at number three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and number five, Mortal Kombat 11. We got a Mortal Kombat movie on the way coming. Yeah, and they're HBO leaning, Max, I believe. They're leaning into that R rating. They're trying to be the best video game movie ever made, and I think that they might clear the bar. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, let's see. We got console, console sales. Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollar sales during the month of March. But it, that's not all the news they dubbed. In the first quarter, Nintendo Switch was the unit sales leader, while PlayStation 5 ranked first in hardware dollar sales. But that's not all they dubbed. PlayStation 5 is now the fastest-selling console in U.S. history in both unit and dollar sales through lifetime sales with five months on the market. Jesus. Damn. So um, we'll get a little more into that. I just want to point out, because um, I love all the uh, the contradictions of, of gamers, and MPD always just points out, gamers will complain, and then when you see the sales, you'll see something different. So here are a few of them. Um, the, most power, the most powerful and the best graphics on the console is the only thing that matters. Switch sales continuing to kill it. Uh, let's see. There are no games to buy. Software sales are up. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this one. Uh, online only sucks and Game Pass kills sales. Outriders debuts as the number three best-selling game in the U.S. So, yeah, these are a couple of the, the contradictions that I noticed as I was going through that list. But A-Dub, getting to this uh, PlayStation 5 being the fastest selling console in U.S. history, uh, how does this fit into the narrative that, you know, Sony is, uh, they're behind, they're, they don't know what they're doing anymore, they've, they've lost, they've lost the, uh, their connection with the, the hardcore gamers, and yet the console still continues to sell well. How do you see, all, how do you see this like, lining up narratively? Well, as you guys probably know, there has been a glut of discussion about how arrogant Sony's back, Sony's lost their way, Jim Ryan's the, the Don Metric of Sony, he's ruining everything, uh, the censorship is going to drive people away, Sony relocating their headquarters to California is the death knell of PlayStation. The consoles are moving like nobody's business. <laughs> the games are still going to be among the highest rated exclusive titles ever made they're coming 
<laughs> They're coming soon. They exist. Already got Demon Souls. Already got Miles Morales. Returnal comes out later this month. Ratchet comes out next month. And Biomutant. Uh, also got Horizon Forbidden West in the pipeline. Got Ragnarok in the pipeline. That's got War for you. Got Gran Turismo coming pretty soon. So Sony's doing their job. All this news, like, oh, they only focus on blockbusters. Oh, they they turned down the pitch for Days Gone 2 and all this and that. And yet people are still buying the boxes. They're still buying the discs. They're still buying the licenses digitally. They're still buying everything. Everything's still selling. So what people are saying online doesn't seem to mesh with reality. It doesn't seem to be based on any kind of reality. It just seems like a lot of people going on stream of thought of their personal feelings about what's going on with these decisions and these moves and these statements that they want to interpret as doom and gloom, worst case scenario. Speaking of, <laughs> we got a few for you because they're mad. They're angry. Yeah. They're vexed. Yeah. Uh, we got Got troll of the week. Uh, troll of the week. Neil Druckmann. Uh, uh, he ruined it. He, he radically changed the franchise. He changed nothing. <laughs> <laughs> My man just told a story that broke convention and didn't just give you the same predictable spoon fed dribble and motherfuckers lost their mind. But that's besides the point because we got troll of the week. Yeah. Troll of the week. As you can probably tell, trolls are coming sideways at Sony. Because Sony keeps winning and they keep whining. First Troll says, not surprised. Bots have been buying out stocks since launch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have. But you know what else? If the bots weren't buying the stock, everybody else would be. Because the bots are only buying the stock because people want the stock. So the bots are making money. Because people are buying consoles. Oh, by the way, A-Dub, did you buy your console from a bot? No, I, I got <laughs> lucky. And for some reason, Sony sent me a second invite to buy another PS5. I don't know under what circumstances I would have received a second email because I already bought a console previously. I, I bought that on behalf of my brother, E-Single, who is now also the proud owner of a Switch. So he he's he's Switch S5 or PS Switch. <laughs> That's his loadout. Convinced him to get Hades. You know, I'm I'm trying to help the industry stay afloat, <laughs> boosting them dollar sales. So yeah, man, I, I bought it direct through PlayStation. Painless process shows up on Monday. Didn't have to go through a scalper for my Series X or my PS5. Got my Series X through Best Buy. I was just quicker on the trigger than everybody else. Um, Series S's tend to be available quite regularly. It, like it, the consoles are out there. If you just jump on the opportunities, eventually you're gonna hit pay dirt. I believe the saying goes: you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So if you're just sitting online complaining about bots, you're the problem, not the bots. I'd also yeah. add to sorry. One more thing I'd also add to is that people are aren't taking into account that these are consoles that are being made in the pandemic with like, you know, chip shortages and all types of stuff going on. So it's not just the fact that it's just the scalpers of the problem. It's literally that they can't produce as many as they would like to produce at the moment. Yeah. 
still breaking records. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says, well, when you have bots ready to buy the second it's available so you could sell them for a higher price to morons, I'm not surprised. Again, the bots are just taking the place of regular customers who would have bought them all out anyway. You got, people act like there's never been console shortages before the bots got involved. Remember the PlayStation 2? <laughs> like, that sold out like crazy. Remember the Switch? That sold out like crazy. The Switch still has supply constraints. I believe Nintendo just issued a statement recently saying that people should expect supply issues with the Switch. This is coupled with the MPD news that the Switch was the highest selling console of the past month. I mean, the Switch is selling like crazy. I would love to find one at a reduced price, of course. E-Single just got one. So, you know, stuff is selling. Like, it's, do people think bots are just buying all this stuff and scalpers just are hoarding them in garages and they're just gathering dust? Like, yeah, you've seen pictures online where people have stacks of consoles in their room. Like, oh, see, I, I get them all the time. I gotta buy. But they're not staying there. They're going up on StockX. They're going up on eBay. They're going up on Craigslist. They're going up on Facebook Marketplace. And they're moving. That's why people buy them in bulk. That's why people have so many of them. It's because they can sell them. And it, it's, they're just adding a step to the sales process. If anything, if Sony was able to make more supply and if bots weren't involved, they'd still be sold out because they just sell faster. Next troll, lots of loyalist trash are going to be touching themselves tonight over this. I'm already caressing my body just thinking about what that PlayStation 5 is going to do to me once I, once I unwrap it from that box and disrobe it from that, from that gentle cheesecloth they wrap it in and the, the, that styrofoam, that recyclable, world-friendly, what is that, eco-friendly containment. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, the packaging is definitely going to be less flashy and less grandiose than what the Xbox was packaged in. But I don't give a damn about what it's in. I give a damn about what I'm going to put in it and what I'm going to do to it. Next troll says, this just in. It's all lies. You can't sell something that doesn't exist. And Sony isn't producing enough consoles to make any sort of records. All right. We got we got the QAnon trolls, the conspiracy theory trolls. Uh, it's lies. It's fake news. Yeah, go sit somewhere. Next troll translation. This news was brought to you by Sony to sell news that it's doing far better than it actually is. Uh, gosh, another doom and gloomer. It's all lies. They're telling us stuff. You guys understand that these are publicly traded entities, and MPD is a third party organization that is simply monitoring sales from the market like do you know how many people and organizations would have to be involved to produce that kind of fraud and not get caught <laughs> you guys are insane get out of here next troll says Im imagine how fast ps5 would sell if it were on game pass <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine like a good game pass get ps5 <laughs> yeah we got we got ps5 day one game pass Next show says, not difficult when bought by scalper bots. Not even going to deal with it again. Next show says, it probably would be even higher if they produced more. 
All I see is people reselling the PS5. Nobody actually keeps it to play. Who do you think they're reselling it to, dude? Like you think people are buying PS5s, reselling them, and then the people that they sold it to are then reselling it again? What sense does that make? Go back to school. Next show says, that's a lot of people buying a weaker console with no games and less studios. All right, let's let's break this one down. A weaker console, uh, by by what measure? Like, what is the Xbox doing that the PS5 isn't doing that actually matters in the grand scheme of things? What true native 4K? Okay, well, it does checkerboard. Who really gives a shit? If you got an eye that can tell that kind of difference. Well, you're special, and you should be using that to your benefit. Uh, what, what are we talking about? 120 frames per second? Like, is that really a big deal? That's a selling point for you. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, the different quality of ray tracing? Like, gotta, I gotta admit, the ray tracing in Forza Horizon 4 is awesome. These cars in this world look real. But I cut it off real quick as my sister was leaving one day. She was like, "Damn, that looked real." I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> but. I mean, all that doesn't amount to different or better games on either console. That still comes down to the developers and what they're able to come up with using the power that consoles provide, which is largely similar. So, you know, if you want to bring it down to power and oh, weaker console, then you're just splitting hairs at that point. Uh, console with no games. Last I checked, the PlayStation 5 is the only console with any exclusive titles available. We got the Demon Souls remake. We've got Returnal coming out pretty soon. We got Ratchet coming out pretty soon. To my understanding, Halo Infinite has been delayed. It was supposed to be a launch title for the Xbox Series X. And Phil Spencer went on record to say that the Series X would have wouldn't have true exclusives until two or three years into its life cycle. So figure that out buddy and less studios yeah sure you could i'll give you that one. let's say less studios however sony has had more first party studios actively working under them for a longer period of time making established franchises and having games coming out microsoft just got more studios than playstation like yesterday <laughs> like that's all new and most of them are still make are still finishing up either multi-platform titles or Sony exclusives anyway. Like Bethesda has what Deathloop it's coming out on PlayStation. That got delayed, but it's coming. And we still don't know what's going on with Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, you're gonna have a bunch of games on Game Pass day one, but by and large, Microsoft hasn't shown any exclusive output from all these acquisitions that's going to rival what Sony is already putting out in this first year alone. So this troll is a little off base. Next troll says incoming Xbox fanboys crying out and PlayStation fanboys trying to suckle at the teeth. <laughs> Next troll says sales record, pale leopard, snail shepherd, big whoop, game pass and five. And the final troll says, Sony's doomed. 
I don't know what to do with all these dudes, man. It's, what is this doom and gloom train that always arrives at the station whenever new consoles come out? Like, why are people trying to paint this picture as if Sony is on the downturn when they're, they came into this generation in a seat of dominance and they're reupholstering it right before your eyes? We got the console being the fastest selling console in the first five months of its life in U.S. history. We've got exclusive games, highly rated, high attach rate, Miles Morales already outselling two of the biggest exclusives Sony has put out to date. More to come. We got Ratchet on the way. Forza, I mean, me, Horizon on the way. I'm still Forza Horizon. That's hilarious. All this stuff on the way. And people still want to cry doom and gloom. Like, are they salty and butthurt over the, the Japanese niche game the censorship? Or are they, they just got a hard on for Jim Ryan? Or they, they're mad because California is the home base for PlayStation? Or are they mad at Neil Druckmann still? Like, what is really going on that's got people so up in arms about Sony that they're straight up fabricating these negative feelings and negative outlooks about them. Like, do you have any input on that AMC? Nah, it's uh it's all bullshit. It's uh <laughs> everybody's doing well. Like it's hard to get it like if you were to just like say go to Target and try to find Xbox Series X, it's sold out right now. Yeah. Like it's PlayStation fives are sold out. Um Switch has been out for a couple years and is having like one of its best selling years ever. So it's like it's one of those things like they're it is literally just fanboyism to get upset at this story because it's like from my perspective i just see it as like people are just buying a shit ton of consoles if anything like people were talking about like oh price points yada yada, yada. and yet people already like yourself own multiple consoles there are people scalpers who are buying multiple consoles so it's just showing the uh the willing the demand for just video the video gaming industry as a whole the console industry so i mean it's you can get caught up in your camps yada 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 but like from my standpoint it's sony's doing perfectly fine and they will continue to kill it and um i definitely am not worried at all like i am going to buy my playstation 5 the moment i get my hands the moment i am able to i can't wait so yeah yeah, the entire industry is doing well now, but in spite of a global pandemic, like that's the big kicker there is that with everybody at home, they turn to video games to keep them company. That's awesome in itself. And video games are there for them. Just tons of content from all sources on all platforms. And this is the first time I've been a multi-console owner since probably in 64 era when I had the, the N64 had the PlayStation had the Dreamcast all lined up for the longest time. I've been a, a Sony only gamer. My brother had the, the original Xbox and the 360. Uh, my brother had the GameCube, you know, we would, we would trade off, but by and large, I kept it on Sony, but this generation, it just seemed appropriate to get both consoles and enjoy both ecosystems, lucky enough to be able to execute that, especially this early in the console life cycle. And you know what? It's it's not about hitching your wagons to 
either train or, you know, hoisting a flag and going to war with one another. It's like, look, the industry is doing well. Everything that happens in the industry isn't going to be to the liking or the benefit of everyone. But as long as you focus on the things that do benefit you, that do interest you, then it's all fine. Like everything in the industry doesn't have to be for you. They got to take care of themselves. They have to take care of other market segments. And most of all, they have to run a business. They have to make money. And they're doing that extremely effectively (laughs) in one of the most trying times in, in modern history. So that's something to be applauded, celebrated, and most of all, supported. So instead of getting on the internet and typing out your little diatribe about how Sony is doomed or about how Xbox has no games and all this and that, or about how Nintendo is for kids. How about you just pick up a controller, find something you like, dump some hours into it, and enjoy yourself. Troll of the week. week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. week. (laughs) Let's get into that next topic of the week. Topic of the week. So we talked about PlayStation 5 hitting another sales record. We're going to talk a little bit about Days Gone 2 because uh, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. So we all heard the story, the Bloomberg report. I think we talked about that last week where there was a pitch for a Days Gone sequel that was rejected by Sony. People are taking this as the Days Gone sequel being canceled. And one of the people that worked on the game, the former game director, Jeff Ross, is here to tell you otherwise. Uh, I believe he was talking to David Jaffe in an interview, and he had some very specific words about the situation with Days Gone, its sequel, and his relationship with Sony. So first, he divulged some additional details about what was included in the pitch for Days Gone 2. So coming from Jeff Ross, he says, we wanted co-op from the beginning in Days Gone 1. But obviously, you have to make concessions for what you're going to not, what you're not going to be able to do. So, Days Gone 2, an idea was to feature some co-op. Another idea for Days Gone 2 was that it was going to have a shared universe. So, when asked by Jaffe if the ideas for a co-op mode would have been implemented in the sequel, he says, it's one of the things that we had in our pitch, yeah. It was the idea of a shared universe with co-op play. So, He was saying that uh, taking this world that you built and all these assets and systems and repurpose them for some sort of similarly themed multiplayer version of this universe. So it would be with guys like Deacon trying to survive, building up a clubhouse or a crew. I think it would be fun to be in that world cooperatively and see what horde battles could be like. AMC, did you have any experience with Days Gone by any chance? Uh, No, that was uh, just never caught my interest. Didn't look bad, just never caught my interest. Uh, phenomenal. And just to think that that open world was made by a single person still to this day stupefies me. But yeah, man, it's the game was a solid foundation for a sequel. There's a lot of good material there. So the idea that they would be adding a cooperative experience where you're building up a clubhouse and you guys are going out as a team and taking on zombie hordes, you know, you could set up set up all kinds of traps and route them through particular areas. You can 
run away from, things can go wrong, spin out of control, have the homies save you while you're standing on top of a semi, blasting zombies as they're coming up the different sides. Man, that would have been amazing. But let's get back to Jeff Ross and his comments. So while Ross opened this about an unannounced game, does make it feel as if Days Gone 2 is probably not going to happen, Ross reinforced that he cannot confirm the game situation. Uh, he says, I don't think it's publicly confirmed what the status of Days Gone 2 is. I don't want to be the guy who's the official source for whatever that is. Uh, as we've noted a couple times in the past, it was a pitch that was rejected. There was no game in development, so there is no game that can be canceled. All that happened is that Sony hasn't signed on for making a Days Gone sequel in the way that it was presented to them. This pitch can be revised, it can be tweaked, it can be polished, resubmitted until eventually it's to a point where an entity like Sony wants to do it. Uh, I work in entertainment on the finance side. Uh, recently, we've been allowed to look, we've been allowed to participate in the staff meetings where we go over all the different projects and what's happening within the company creatively. So we understand what's in the pipeline for us down the road. There's always a lot of discussion about pitch meetings where they take ideas and they pitch them at different studios and different companies in order to try to sell them, get them greenlit, get them developed, get them made. Sometimes pitches get taken and greenlit almost immediately. There are other times where pitches get rejected they get worked on and they continue to bounce around within the industry until eventually somebody latches onto it and it becomes a product. The rejection of a pitch is not the end of a story. It's just the next chapter. So we more than likely haven't seen the last of days gone. So it just depends on what the team is able to come up with. Uh, personally, especially taken with the news that Sony has been focusing their energy on their blockbuster titles, their highest sellers. What that says to me, especially when you put them side by side and see the similarities between them, we got God of War, we've got Horizon, we've got Spider-Man, we've got Ghost of Tsushima, we've got The Last of Us, we've got Uncharted. All these games have a certain maturity and cinematic quality to them, something that was lacking in Days Gone. I can tell you with certainty that Days Gone's story wasn't exactly something to write home about. And what made it just a little bit worse is that it overstayed its welcome. It just dragged on a little bit. It definitely left you on a huge cliffhanger, so there's tons of potential. However, it, it the, the story could have been better. So I imagine if they just pitched them a game that followed the story through a predictable formulaic format, that's probably not going to float with Sony and what they're doing with their first party titles. So I could see that as being a major reason why a pitch for the sequel would be rejected. So I imagine what will probably happen is that either Bend is going to mature creatively and come back with a pitch that elevates a sequel of Days Gone to a similar level of all the other Sony or PlayStation Studios titles offerings, or it's just not going to happen. But overall, I think that if we ever do see Days Gone 2 get greenlit, it's going to be a significant step up from the original rather than just a by-the-numbers sequel. AMC, how do you feel about all this? 
Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as far as days gone, um, yeah, it'd be nice if they get a second game, a sequel, but I, I'm more concerned about Sonny Ben. And the way I look at it is if PlayStation said, hey, um, we don't like your sequel pitch, we weren't really in love with the first game, um, did okay, but you know, we're not in love with it in a way to get a sequel. Who knows? Maybe they come up with new IP and everybody loves new IP. And we saw last generation what Gorilla show up in a big way with Horizon. And Ooh, now nobody's yeah, now nobody's asking about was it Shadowfall or whatever game they were exactly. So like, yeah, I, I know there's there's probably a fan base of Days Gone where they're like they're upset about this, but I don't think it's necessarily representative of the entire PlayStation community. Uh, me being one of them, I didn't buy Days Gone. So if they were to never make a Days Gone uh, sequel, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me at all. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things. It's a story because it's you know it's what's going to happen with this. Kind of like how the order comes up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it's it's Sony property, and people want to know: is it going to be coming back, or are we moving on? Um, so I, I don't know. It's also feel like and i don't know if you're going to get to that other story about them but i also feel like a lot's coming up with days gone because uh it's about to get a pc release and Mm -hmm. so it's just in the headlines right now like days gone it's about to come out on pc i believe in may so look for that let's see how those sales do and um like they're pushing they're pushing this narrative i believe might have been uh that same guy but i know the director on days gone also like you know retweeted a change.org petition to get uh days gone Two <laughs> made <laughs> so there's they're just That's like right now interest yeah so right now there's just a lot of um days gone in the news and i think that they're taking advantage of that as far as making it um giving get some headlines and you know getting that name out there um for, for consumers to maybe jump back in or possibly to jump on the PC version. So, you know, I, I'm not reading too much into this. I don't like, it's not a big deal for me if they make a sequel. Um, but it's, I guess it's a talking point for the people who love days gone, the first game. Exactly. I mean, and it also falls back to the basic precept that if you like a game and you want to see more from a game, then you need to buy a game to show that you support it. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. And then you're going to look silly. Where's Days Gone? Oh, well, you didn't buy it. So <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. You got to support the stuff that you enjoy. Otherwise, you won't see more of it. You won't see other things like it. It's very simple principle of symbiosis. We are in a symbiotic relationship with the gaming industry. They only make what you buy. Buy stuff. Stop waiting for sales. Stop waiting for stuff to be free on Plus or free on PS Now or free or on Skate Home Pass. Initiative. <laughs> All that stuff. Go out and buy the things you like. Go out and buy the things that are similar to the things you like because the more signals they get that that's the stuff you're going to spend money on, that's the stuff they're going to put money in so that they can make money on it. AMC, you got anything else? Yep, those are that's everything I got. You got any more stories? Aloy is joining Fortnite. 
<laughs> yes, Horizon Zero Dawn content is coming to Fortnite. You're going to have Aloy, and I believe there's a limited time mission where she also runs around with Lara Croft. So that's also an interesting crossover. If you're still playing Fortnite, which so many of you are, get up on it. Get down on it. Come is on that, now. Is that your uh, last story? Yeah, sure. All right, sweet. <laughs> Uh, do you have any final words before we get out of here? I think I covered it all. I think we could let them go. They they paid attention. They were very attentive. They were very good this session. So we're going to let them go early. Yes, sir. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the A. So, and this is a We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers.